0: Would you go with me uh, to the throne, and let's pray for the Lord to bless our time of worship this morning. Father, we are grateful, Lord, together, together. After last year, Father, we will never, ever take for granted the opportunity to be together, 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 and to fellowship with one another, to encourage one another to hold each other accountable, Lord, and just to walk this journey called life together. So I thank you for all of those that make up our ministry this morning, those precious children uh, that are in splash zone, those precious little infants that are being tenderly loved and cared for in the nursery, our security workers, Lord, who are making our time of worship safe, and all those, Father, who are here in the congregation and the families that are represented. What a wonderful opportunity to draw together to worship. I pray that you would bless our time in your word, Lord. I pray that you would use me, uh, Father, uh, that I might hide behind your word and that you might allow me to say the things that you want to be said today. And Father, we'll trust um, as you make the promise That when your word is given out, it never returns void. And so I pray, Father, that your spirit would work in the hearts and the minds of all those that are here this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our pastor sends his regards. They are on vacation, a much-needed vacation. They uh, travel to Kentucky, and they are uh, there with family on Phillip's side and uh, having just a wonderful week of fellowship. He has already uh, sent text uh, to the leadership this morning. Uh, He's been up early, he's praying for our service together, and he's praying for each of you as well. And uh, I see some visitors in our group this morning, want you to know that you are welcome here at Infinity. We are honored to have you, we are blessed to have you with us this morning, and I hope that you will come back and worship again with us when our pastor is actually here in the pulpit. And you can see what Infinity Church is really about. There's just one person that I wanna recognize. Is Alex still in the, or did he? Yeah, there's Alex, okay. Alex and Candace, would you all stand up for just a moment? This is Alex and Candace uh, Cook. They are on staff at McCall uh, Camp in Northern Greenville. And uh, uh, these are the missionaries that will be leaving for the field in Mexico in January. So Alex, it's an honor to have you and Candace with us this morning. Bless you. Thank you. Well, today is Independence Day. Independence Day is probably one of the greatest holidays that we celebrate here in this great nation, the United States of America. Uh, Today is the 245th anniversary of America, and you may remember uh, back when you were in elementary school and junior high school, uh, when we learned about the history of America, we heard phrases like self-government, self-rule, no taxation, without representation. And so uh, our forefathers Uh, declared our independence upon this day in 1776. And we became, and that was the birth of a new nation. So today, as we celebrate this great holiday in our nation's history, I would ask that we pause for a moment in whatever our activities are today and that we would remember the sacrifices of many that have gone before us to ensure that we have this freedom. Uh, There are many that have given their all so that we can have this opportunity to worship and to be together uh, this morning. Now, you may notice the title of our lesson today, Dependence Day. That is different than Independence Day. And so I thought, what an appropriate morning for us on this special holiday to talk about not independence but dependence. Uh, We do not as believers live in a state of independence, but we live constantly in a state of dependence. Now throughout human history kingdoms rise and they fall. Empires crumble. Nations destroy themselves. Time and time again, we see that man left to his own devices will destroy himself. The independent spirit will literally destroy itself. But a dependent spirit, a dependence upon Christ will endure forever. It will not only endure forever, but I would say that it would actually impact generation after generation to come. And so a life dependent upon Christ, not independent from Christ, will never fail, it will never fall, it will never crumble, and it will never be destroyed. I didn't say that we wouldn't have difficult times. I didn't say that we would have challenges in our life. But I will say to to you that dependence upon Christ provides the power And it provides the mercy and the grace for us to endure beyond trials and tribulations. In Christ, declaring our dependence on Christ, we have two things. A new identity and new potential. Now I'm big about writing stuff down. So if you have an outline or a piece of paper or a business card in your wallet and you can get to a pen, I want you to write two things on that piece of paper, identity and potential. I want you to write that down right now. Do you know that when we write things down, we are much more inclined to remember those things that we write down and to consider them and dwell upon them? If we just listen, then we're not actively involved and engage, and so for me, I'm a big list person. Is anybody out there with me on this? Anybody like list? Okay, good. All right. I like list. I like to write things down. I like to write letters. There's something about writing on a piece of paper that's deliberate and intentional, and 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 it provides us more of an opportunity to capture in our mind. So, I want you to write those two words down, identity and potential. Now, I want you to turn to the one verse of Scripture that we are going to look at today in our time together. Uh, That's going to be in Galatians chapter number 2, and it's going to be verse number 20. title of our message today, Dependence Day. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, I like this translation. Uh, This is Paul. uh, The Apostle Paul is writing uh, this letter. It's It's a Roman epistle letter that he has written to a church in Galatia that he planted on one of his missionary journeys. He is in a Roman prison cell being held captive and yet what is he doing? He is writing, isn't he? Again, all the more for us to journal, for us to make list, for us to do prayer list, for us to record our thoughts when we're in Bible study and in worship. But he is writing, and this is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, "I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me." And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul, he pens these words here in the book of Galatians in the letter to the church at Galatia. He is on, uh, one of his, uh, has been on one of his many missionary journeys and now he is actually in the Roman prison cell. Now, Galatia, I had to ask my wife this. She's the queen of Google, by the way. Uh, she, I, I'm telling you, she is as fast. I mean, it's, guys, it's almost like instantaneously. But she is the queen of Google. So in the old days, I would go to one of my many commentaries. I would search maps. I would look for crossover maps, you know, uh, Middle Eastern times, and then today's modern maps. And I would eventually find that Galatia, is now located in what we know as modern-day Turkey. But my wife had that within three seconds. Queen of Google. And so we know that now, today, Galatia is in modern-day Turkey. Well, here's Paul's focus on this powerful verse of Scripture that God inspired him to write in that letter to Galatia. His focus is that Christ defines our identity and potential when we are wholly dependent upon Him. I want to say that once more because we struggle with that in today's times. Our identity is to whom we belong. It is not what we do, where we live, what nation we were born in, what celebration we're having today, what family we come from, our identity is established forever when we accept Christ as our personal Savior. So Paul is telling us here, he is saying, I am crucified with Christ. My whole being, my identity is wrapped up in not what I do, not what I have done, not what has been done unto me, but my whole identity is wrapped up in Christ, the one crucified. He says, he says when we are wholly dependent upon Him, we have a new identity and guess what? We have potential that is unlimited. Today as I see these precious children uh, all around and I see the energy of our children and I see the, the, the wonderful children's ministry that we have here at Infinity Church, I see those precious little children. And you know what I see? I don't see just precious little children. I see future great men and women of the faith. I see great men and women who are going to make godly husbands and godly wives and are going to be godly parents and going to follow the principles in their work and in their careers. They're going to do ministry in the church. That's how I see our little children. So when those little children get on your last one nerve, when, when it's been that kind of day, when you've got one nerve left, and it's still just 7 o'clock in the evening, <laughs> and you've got one nerve left, and that little child comes and gets on that one nerve you got left, just remember... Their potential is unlimited in Christ because, see, they have identity and potential in Christ. Now, I would tell you, as much as I love this nation, as much as I love the United States of America, I will tell you there's something that I love even more. I love my citizenship in heaven. I love my Savior, Christ Jesus, because, you see, it's not, it's not the nation that we were born into, It's not what we do. It's not what family we belong to. It's not our failures. It's not our successes or even our physical appearances that define us. No, it is our identity is with Christ. I had the special privilege in Louisville, Kentucky many years ago to be present in the um, citizenship oath that our daughter-in-law, Alina, uh, took. Uh, Alina, in essence, transferred her citizenship of her birth nation in Ukraine and took the oath of citizenship to become a United States citizen. Now she can do everything that we as natural-born citizens are allowed to do except be president. So Alina will never be president, okay? She might be a senator one day, but she'll never be our president. But it was really wonderful and inspiring to see the process that she went through and the oath that was administered for her to become a citizen of the United States. I will tell you there is something even greater than the nation that we are born in, and that is to be a citizen of the kingdom of the Holy Christ. I, wanna, I want us to look at three things we're going to cover here um, and, and we'll do it in short order. I want us to uncover three truths uh, this morning. The first of those truths that we're going to draw out of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, this wonderful, godly-inspired words of the Apostle Paul. We're going to look first at the redemptive fact. So we're going we're to talk about the redemptive fact. Now, I want you to notice Paul's words. Go back there to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I hope you have your Bible still open. I, I just, I'm sorry, I can't get used to saying devices. I just, that's another generation for another time. I'm going to always have my Bible. I'm always going to open it. I'm going to mark in it. But, you know, if you have a device, I mean, that's a, cra- a device. If you got a device and you can find that, then find it in your device, and let's read it together. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. See, Paul is teaching us here that when Christ was crucified on the cross, not only was Christ crucified, but he's teaching us here, he himself, Paul, was crucified. So you see, there's a cause and an effect. Okay, and so Paul is teaching us here I, me, Paul, have been crucified with Christ. Christ died physically, Paul died spiritually. We as believers die spiritually. Because of the death of Christ on the cross, we die spiritually. You see, Paul was so identified, his His DNA was so founded on Christ, Christ influenced everything that he said and did and the way he reacted and the way he responded and the way he conducted his life and his affairs. Paul was so wrapped up in Christ. He was so defined and identified with Christ that he writes, I no longer live. Paul, I no longer live. You see, in Christ's physical death on that cross, as ugly and as terrible as it was, it accomplished two great redemptive facts. One is it broke the spiritual authority that sin has over us. Let me say that one more time. That is such a, a profound teaching. And if we can begin to grasp that, then we can begin to develop a new identity and have power over sin in our lives. I'm going to say it one more time. In physical death, Christ broke the spiritual power and authority that sin had over us. See, Paul is teaching us the change in him, in Paul, as a human being, was so powerful that he, Paul, the old Paul, no longer ceased to exist. He no longer lives. When we begin to grasp and understand this redemptive fact, we can understand that we are not like we once were. We don't have to be captive to our past. We don't have to be captive to that. The change is permanent. We can live dependent upon Christ, not independent from Him in new ways amidst the same situations. I'm not telling you here that if you grasp this redemptive fact and that you walk out of here that all of a sudden, all of your problems that you walked in with are solved. I'm not saying that. Paul is not telling us that. Here is what Paul is teaching us. He is teaching us that the situation will remain the same, but the change is within us. So how we react and respond and behave and conduct ourselves in those situations will be radically changed because we are now identified with Christ. We are crucified with Him. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. Your identity is new, your potential is unlimited. Secondly, let's uncover one other truth that Paul writes here, and it's called uh, the present reality. Notice that Paul says in, in verse number 20, he says, but Christ lives in me. Paul is making the point here that this is not a new and improved version of Paul. But he has been completely, from his DNA, in the deepest recesses of his cells, is just oozing out now with a new identity. Christ within me. He's just... He's just oozing Christ out. And his, his total dependency is upon Christ. I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 6, verse 6. If you got your Bibles, turn over there just real quickly. Romans 6, 6. Do you know who wrote the book of Romans? Paul. Paul was a great writer. Paul wrote things down. Paul recorded his thoughts. Paul recorded the inspiration and the impressions that God placed upon his mind. Notice in Romans 6, 6, this is what Paul says. When he talks about Christ living in me, in Romans, Paul says this, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I like what Matthew Henry, the great commentator, says. Uh, He wrote this way back in the 1700s. The Word of God endures forever. Its principles never change. Matthew Henry wrote this back in the 1700s and we think we think we've got new problems. We don't have new problems. It's the same problem it's been since the beginning of time. It's a heart issue. It's not an external problem. It's not a situational problem. It's a heart issue. Notice what Matthew Henry says about this verse, Romans 6.6. 6. He says, we live in the flesh, but not after the flesh. Let me say that one more time. We live in the flesh, but not after the flesh. Do you see the difference there? Do you grasp? Can we grasp? So here you're looking at... Me, this morning. Well, I'm old, I have no hair, I've got a turkey neck, i got crepey skin, and i got other issues that I won't even, you know, bore you with. But let me tell you this, all those things on the TV that tell me if I just buy this cream and rub it on my skin, it'll do away with my crepey skin. If I just buy this cream and rub it on my turkey neck, it'll tighten my turkey neck up. Or if I buy this cream and this stuff and I rub it on my head, my hair will grow back. Baloney. It's not true. Don't <laughs> buy into it. Don't, do not buy into it. It, it. This is flesh up here. Okay, this is flesh. And flesh grows old. And, and, and it, I, I hate to tell you all this because a lot of you are, are a lot younger than me. But as you grow older, your knees start to hurt your elbows get, get a, like a little hook in there and you can't even straighten your arm out. And when he, oh, golly, what was that? I'll tell you what, it is old age. It's getting old. But listen, we can live in this flesh, but we don't have to pursue the fleshly things. You see? I love what Matthew Henry says there. Once we grasp this present reality, we rightly understand that our heart is new because Christ lives there. We have died to self. We have crucified ourselves. Christ now is on the throne. We have given up, praise God for this. I gave this up about three and a half years ago. I used to be the chairman of the board of my life. Any, any chairman of the boards out there of your lives? Man, I was the chairman of the board of my life. I was chairman of the board of my family. I was chairman of the board of my situation and my surroundings. And God taught me a very difficult but lifelong lesson about being the chairman of the board of my own life. He knocked me out of that office of chairman of the board of of my own life. And he said, Daniel, from now on, I'm going to be the chairman of your... I'm going to be the chairman of the board of your life, and I'm going to take you in places, and I'm going to allow you to accomplish things you never imagined. And so, folks... Paul is telling us here, if you're still trying to be the chairman of the board of your own life, let me tell you, I've been there, I've done that. You can get away with it for a long time. But eventually, eventually, it's going to come crashing down. Let Christ, be crucified with Christ. When you walk out of here today, if there's nothing any different, just in your mind, just write down one thing. Get a business card. I'll give you a piece of paper. I'll give you a pen. But just write down this one thing. Crucified with Christ. Just write it down. And you tell me if God doesn't begin to impress upon you the, the, the redemptive fact of that and the present reality that crucified with Christ can bring to us. Christ living in us in this present reality where I am now in this weak flesh and in this failing flesh that, that, that I am in, right now, it gives me new identity and unlimited potential. And it, it can be an amazing change and growth engine in our lives. Number three, the last truth that I want us to uncover this morning is the results for daily living. The redemptive fact the present reality, but now let's talk about the results of this truth that Paul writes in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Notice what Paul says. He says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now here Paul is teaching us a transforming principle in life. You see, he, being Paul, no longer lives under sin and death. See, that's, that's, that's before Christ saves us. Sin, death, captive to both of that. Okay, no, Paul's telling us with Christ living within him, with him being crucified to himself, with him no longer being in charge of his own life, He says he no longer lives under sin and death, but he lives under the power of grace of Christ that resides in us. So in other words, Paul is not independent, Paul. Paul is dependent, Paul. He is dependent upon Christ. What does Paul mean here when he says, I live by the faith of the Son of God? Well, with this transforming change, our daily lives, your daily life, my daily life will look and feel different. And it is so powerful, this is what I love, it is so powerful that people will notice something different about you. They they might not be able to put their finger on it right away, but all of a sudden now, they're like, Mm, he used to not act that way. Mm, something's different with her. So Paul is teaching us here that, that, that he lived, understanding the redemptive fact, understanding uh, this present reality. Now he is living by the faith of the very Son of God. And so his life looks totally different. And, and, and the way it looks for us today is our desires our thoughts, our words, our actions, conduct, attitude, relationships, they all now begin to come under the authority of Christ, being crucified in Christ. I no longer live. Daniel Perry, three and a half years ago, gave up being the chairman of the board of Daniel Perry Incorporated. And I relinquished every bit of that to the Lord. He is responsible for my life. He is responsible for my family. He is responsible for my health. He is responsible for everything. And what a liberating, free life that I have now. My joy, see, is not dependent upon my circumstances or my situations or whether people act the way I think they should or whether they don't. My joy is a deep-seated attitude in a Christ who has been crucified and I have been crucified with Him. You see, um, let me just tell you something. My wife does not need a new and improved version of Daniel Perry. No. My grandchildren do not need a new and improved version of Daniel Perry. My pastor does not need a new and improved version of Daniel Perry. You, my brothers and sisters in Christ, do not need a new and improved version of Daniel Perry. You know what you need? What all these people need, my wife, my grandchildren, my pastor, my church family, no. You need a Christ within me, Daniel Perry. You see the difference? How many of you go to Barnes and Noble? Have you ever strolled through their self-help section? You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Hey, if you want self-help, there's tons of authors that'll tell you everything. They'll give you a 10-step plan, a three-step plan, a three-minute plan, a, you know. They'll, they'll lay it out there for you. But let me tell you something. All that fails and all that does, you may be able to sustain that for a short period of time, but let me tell you something. You don't need a new and improved version of yourself. I don't need a new and improved version of myself. My wife has lived with me for 43 years now, and we've known each other for 45 years. Well, she's seen me start and stop many times self-improvement projects. They just don't last. They just can't be sustained. It is only when we grasp this idea that Paul says, this was me. Now this is the new identity and the new potential, me. Only when we are crucified with Christ can we, can we have that new identity in Christ. Let me just ask a few questions as we close up here today. Do do you long for something different? Do you long for something different? Is there something deep down in the recesses of your spirit and your mind, is there something there that says, I want something different. I know I lived that. I lived that. I was the greatest worrier that the world has ever known. As a matter of fact, I would get worried when there wasn't anything to worry about. Because I always had this fatalistic view the hammer is about ready to fall. If life was going along well, I couldn't even enjoy because I was always thinking the hammer is about to fall. How stupid is it to live a life under that kind of self-bondage? Do you long for something different? Do you long for something deeper? Something that is transforming not a self-help book that you go up there and pay $22 for at Barnes & Noble and you don't even finish reading, much less implement it. Are you tired of depending on yourself, your circumstances, your family, your friends for happiness and meaning in life? Wanda taught our Bible study this morning and she made the powerful, wonderful point about how only Christ can meet our deepest needs. And she said, even my husband, as wonderful, as handsome, as talented, as gifted. Now, she didn't say all that. But her point was this. Even my husband, who knows me intimately, can't even meet my deepest needs. And that is truth. And husbands and wives, let me tell you something. I'm going to jump off here and do a little marriage counseling. Let me tell you something. You end for a tough, tough time if you think he's going to meet your, all your needs and if she's going to meet all your needs. Let me just tell you. As Miss Mary Frances Garrett used to just shudder when I said, I "Ain't it ain't going to happen. My, that was my English teacher in the 11th grade, Miss Mary Frances Garrett. You remember her, don't you, Jeff? It ain't going to happen, folks. Christ crucified with him No longer live ourselves, but we live through Christ. That's the only way that we'll make it through this world with purpose, with a deep-seated joy. Are you tired of... Here's one. Are you tired of making the same old mistakes, falling into the same old self-destructive patterns in life? How many times did I do the same dumb, stupid thing over and over again How many times have you ever said a cruel word to your wife or to your husband or to your child? Oh, man, let me pull that back. Oh, my. Did I say that? Oh, my goodness. Let me pull that back. Folks, when it's spoken, it's out there, okay? The trick is to come under the control of the Holy Spirit so that Christ within us prevents us, you see, from reacting. So sometimes we try to do things the right way, but we fall into the same old destructive patterns because we just don't have Christ within us. Are you tired of always reacting in the same old ways you always do? Are you tired and frustrated? Maybe you're there. Maybe maybe you're, I'm talking to a mature believer. Maybe you know all this, you implement all this, Christ is crucified in your life, and, and, and you are as Paul. You are a new creature, a new identity, and you have all this potential that you are achieving. But maybe you're like, I've kind of hit a plateau here. I, man, it's, it's, I'm beginning to grasp all of this. It's beginning to make sense to me personally personally. And I'm beginning to, to let it flow out of me into my surroundings, into my people. Maybe that's where you are. Well, guess what? You don't have to stay there. You can go even further. You can go even deeper in your joy. So maybe that's where you are. And, and, and lastly, maybe you're just tired of strolling up and down the aisles at Barnes & Noble looking in the health, self-help section. That's, you know that's just not going to work. Maybe you're ready for a radical transforming change in your life. As Paul lived, so can we live. He lived with a Christ within me faith. He lived with a Christ within me faith. In this verse, this one verse that we read, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul lays out a simple and yet powerfully, intensely practical and radical way to live. And I submit to you a higher way to live, a better way to live, a more rewarding way to live. Let me just give you a couple of things and we're done. How about the husband that comes home and he's had a hard day at work. W- wives, let, you know, I didn't mean to get off on this marriage counseling, but let me give you one more tidbit uh, to, that will help you. Wives, I love you all. Uh, I love you wives. I got one. I love her today. Um, She's my best friend. But let me just give you a little tidbit, wives. Okay. When that man of yours walks through that door to your home, give him 15 minutes. Give him 15 minutes. Don't hit him with the sink. Don't work. The kid slapped another kid at daycare today and the teacher wants a conference tomorrow. The grass needs cutting. The weeds need weeding. I don't have anything for supper. Just give him 15 minutes. Just give him 15 minutes. Let that man get in the front door. Let that man get a little acclimated. You don't know what kind of day that man has had. Okay? Just give him 15 minutes. It'll, I'm telling y'all, it'll make a change. It'll revolutionize you. All right, well, all right. So here is how the redemptive fact, the present reality, and the daily results for living, here is how it plays out when Christ is on the throne and when Christ is within us kind of faith. Here's how it plays out. When that man comes home after a rough day, He doesn't snap at his wife. He doesn't snap at his children. He is tender. He is tender to his wife. He is tender to his children. His words are soothing. His words are encouraging. His words are not loud. Let me tell you, that that is a man that has Christ within him kind of faith. Let me tell you another thing. Uh, it, it, could, it could look like this. It could be a friend who overlooks a minor offense and chooses to remain friends instead of abandoning that friendship. Hey, sometimes let's just give each other a little slack, please, okay? My goodness, let's just, let's just be a little patient with it. Let's just give each other a little slack. That is Christ within us kind of faith, okay? not letting and hanging on every feeling and word that might make us angry or might just set us off. That's what Christ within me, faith, looks like. How about the exasperated mom who once would have spoken in anger speaks with patience and calmness. That's what Christ within us, faith, looks like. How about the man who in different business situations and so forth, when he just wants to really retaliate and escalate a situation, how about that man under the spirit of the control of Christ within him? How about that man, he chooses his words carefully and he chooses his words wisely because he knows what comes out of his mouth he cannot bring back. And he knows, he senses in that moment He senses in that moment that this thing can go one of two ways. I can escalate it and I'll lose control of it and I don't know where it will go. It could end up in a broken friendship, a broken relationship. It could end up any way. Or he says, I'm going to, through the Spirit, Christ within me, kind of faith, I'm going to de-escalate this. I'm going to speak words of kindness, tenderness, and wisdom. All of these, all of these are illustrations of a Christ within me faith. Paul writes a tremendous verse of scripture. There is so much packed in this one verse, Galatians 2.20. I pray that it will minister to you as it has ministered to me. I pray that you will walk out of here today knowing two things. You have A new identity in Christ. And secondly, you have unlimited potential. On your outline, I don't even know where this came from, but I read this years ago and I latched on to it and I love this this saying here. It says, you are not defined by who you are. You are not defined by what you do. You are not defined by what you have done. Don't come to me and say, well, Daniel, you don't know the life I've lived. I do because the Bible tells us right here, the heart is wicked and deceitfully wicked. It, the heart will do anything. I do know. There's nothing that surprises the Lord. So whatever you've done in the past, like my wife taught this morning, man, let it go. Look forward. Don't look backwards. You are not defined what has been done to you. So what? I'm sorry life isn't fair. Okay? I I get it. I get life is not fair. But all you're doing is destroying yourself when you hold on to that and those grievances and that bitterness. You're not defined by what has been done to you. Okay? But you are defined by to whom you belong. I'm going to ask the band to come up here. They're going to play a song. I don't know about you all, but God's Word always ministers to me, and uh, and uh, I would just uh, I would just encourage you to uh, to meditate, to think, and uh, just have have the encouragement and the boldness to be able to say, I don't have all this figured out, but I do want more of that Christ that 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 man is talking about up there. I do want more of Christ because I do long for something different. I do long for something deeper. I do want deeper relationships, more meaningful relationships. I want a purpose in my life. Band's going to play for us. Um, I'm going to ask you, you know what, we're going to do something a little bit different today. You just stay seated right there where you are. Band's going to play for us. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We're going to pray. You just let God deal with you right there where you are, okay? Any way want he wants to deal with you, you be open to him. And then when the band finishes, I'll have one, one thing to say, and y'all can come to Lake Greenwood with us if you want. I'm going down there to my brother's house. We're going to eat barbecue and have a wonderful afternoon. My brother and sister-in-law probably wouldn't want me to invite y'all, but y'all welcome to come if you want to. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. Father, it is so powerful and so transforming. And I just thank you for this man, Paul, who wrote things down, Lord, and and who was impressionable to you and who said, I am crucified with Christ. Yet not I live, but Christ liveth within me. And I pray, dear Lord, that that would be our prayer and our dedication today. In Christ's name.